Greetings, comrades, and welcome to How the Left Was Won. My name is Mike. I'm Jake. And this is a podcast. It's not just a podcast. It's a Marxist-Leninist podcast all about fascism and how to fight it. Still, at at some point, I will get that down. This is episode (laughs) two. Um, It'll become become a second nature at some point. But anyway, Jake, how was these past couple weeks? Because it's been a couple weeks since our first episode. Yeah, so... uh... Mostly fine. Uh, pulled a 12-hour shift not that long ago. Great, great stuff. <laughs> um, recently, we renovated down here, as you can tell. Oh, yeah. We are we are now on couches. In the first episode, like last episode I mentioned, is like I was sitting on the floor and Jake was standing because you guys got rid of all your busted-ass couches. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's actually nice furniture down here. Yeah. I wouldn't say nice, but it's better. Yeah. We we can sit this time. Yeah. Uh, but recently, because we've been doing that, uh, my brother has had a lot of his friends over. Uh, so our front door is kind of busted where the wind can blow it open if it's not locked. So they would leave and then it would blow open <laughs> because nobody locked it behind them. So my cat would run out and he's an indoor cat. Uh, it, it wasn't very fun. I had to go out and look for him, uh, I think, three times this Probably these past four days. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it was rough. But now uh, we're done with that. We have new posters as well. I don't know if you can yeah, tell. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when I came down here, aside from the furniture. You got a Wind Waker poster and a Pokemon poster. For, like uh, has pictures of every uh, first-gen Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, those two were my choice, and then my brother had two choices. There's a Godzilla poster out there. and then, I saw that. And that's. I think that's just like a famous mobster movie poster (laughs) there's like scarface on it and shit Uh, i don't know i don't watch those movies yeah i don't know that that might be the godfather i haven't watched i'm pretty sure it's all of them i think it's like all the main characters maybe because i do recognize scarface on there i I haven't seen it but i know who he is yeah i okay yeah that you're probably right now that i look at it more uh, again, haven't really seen a whole lot of those movies. I do want to watch some of those. But uh, anyway, my week, lots of, or past couple weeks, have been uh, decently eventful. Uh, reason why we didn't have an episode last week is because I was off, uh, out of town uh, visiting some friends of mine from college, including four I haven't seen since I graduated, like over five years ago. <laughs> so it was good to see them for the first time in a long time. That's nice. Yeah. A um, couple other things that happened. I am now CPR certified because uh, my job was holding uh, some CPR training events and my boss was just like, you need to go to this. And I was like, <laughs> I don't really want to, but I guess it's a useful skill. So I went and it was uh, it was informative and now I'm officially CPR certified. I think I was once. I was a Boy Scout. So yeah, I think, I, think it, I took a class in it. Yeah. I don't know if it if I have to like renew it. Yeah, I, I believe it's it's good for a year, technically. But I mean, it's just like, you can still perform those techniques. Yeah, nobody's so be- going to arrest me for trying to perform CPR without a fucking license. I don't know. The stuff might happen. I mean, if I fuck it up, you might, you, yeah, you might be liable for stuff. But uh, yeah. eh, whatever. That's why that's one of the things that he mentions. Like, get permission first before you do CPR. Excuse me, dying man. Can I help? Yeah, can I can I try? Do and save I have your, your consent? Yeah, but uh, there was that. <laughs> I got my car washed, which uh, um, I got my car washed a few weeks ago, and then it, but it didn't re- like it got very dirty. So I went to a better car wash, and I was just like, do I want to get the-? like there was like the car wash I went to? There's like four tiers of wash that right. you can get, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna splurge on the on the the top tier one. And now uh, one of my windshield wipers was always uh, uh, streaking. Now it doesn't do that anymore. And I don't know what that was. It might be the wax. Might be a special soap. I don't know. But it's, it's a lot better now. And I'm happy. I need to get my car washed. It, it's completely covered in pollen, which I'm allergic to. <laughs> uh, there's like fucking bird shit all over it. But I have a, uh, I have like a fast pass, so it only costs a dollar. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about uh, CPR or car getting our cars washed. Or we're cats. here to talk about uh, fascism and how to fight it from the from through a uh, Marxist-Leninist lens. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's what that intro was. If you couldn't tell, and so uh, our first episode, the previous episode, was 
uh, Jake was the one hosting, and he was telling Indeed. us exactly what fascism was. He read off of uh, Umberto Eco's 14 Points of Fascism. Indeed. Uh, and so, if you recall from the intro, for anyone actually listening who actually listened to our <laughs> intro, um, uh, Jake is kind of the theory guy. And uh, I am more of, like, the practical guy. I'm more of just, like, hey, here's... Like, Jake is about, here's what things mean, and I'm, like, here's how things happen. Yep. And so, today, I'm going to be the host of this episode. So, so there was a little bit of miscommunication in the, uh, like, scripting of this episode. Well, not so much scripting, but, like, research of this episode. Uh, we, we're going to be talking about fascism in Italy, Uh particularly we're going to be talking about Mussolini in this episode and so so first of all this the scope of this episode changed dramatically yeah we started out thinking this would be one episode where we both yeah go back had and like forth. A, yeah we would both have like areas we would focus on uh to save on the research but turns out uh you can make multiple episodes about all of those things yeah no it, like at first it was just like hey we're gonna do one episode on all of like Mussolini's life and fascism and in doing research um we probably we may have been able to do that if if we weren't also full-time workers yeah um working class men in fact here. i was taking notes like i was like writing down stuff like before i even came over to record this today I woke up, I was like, ah, I gotta write down some notes. But uh, then we were like, hey, we'll do like three episodes. We'll do Mussolini's life up to like the March on, the, Rome. The March on Rome. Then we'll do fascism's reign in Italy. And then we'll do like the downfall and like the aftermath. And uh, as I was doing research, I was just like, oh boy, there's a lot here, particularly yeah. on Mussolini. And so I got up to like 1909. So Mussolini isn't even a fascist yet where I got up to. I think we might be able to get, like, five episodes out of I, this. I was thinking the same, yeah. Five episodes. I feel like that is a, a solid amount of time for people to understand who Mussolini is. <laughs> yeah, and, and what exactly happened in Italy. But, uh, so anyway, this is Mussolini's early life. And, uh, and, and also, again, with the miscommunication is that Jake started doing research on stuff after the March on Rome. So it's just like, I haven't even caught up to where he started. Yeah, I, I skipped what you were doing because I was like, well, he's going to cover that. I don't need to know. I need to go in blind. Uh, but now we're not even at the March on Rome. So depending on how we do this, I might be the one hosting then. Yeah, uh, we'll figure stuff out. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into Mussolini. Uh, so uh, as I have written here, Benito Amalcare Andrea Mussolini was Shit born. name. <laughs> It's actually actually a decent name once we get into why he's named that. Too long. Yeah. <laughs> he was born on July 29th, 1883, in the village of Predapio in the Romagna region of Italy. His mother, Rosa, was a Roman Catholic school teacher, and his father, Alessandro, was a blacksmith and an atheist who hated the Catholic Church. Woo! Let's go, So, boys! So, match made in heaven right there. <laughs> uh, one thing I, like, that I, as I was like reading this, is just like, Apparently, they did legitimately love each other. Really? Yeah, because, like, um, Rosa, um, I actually didn't write down her maiden name, but Rosa, her father forbade the marriage. Oh. And they just got married anyway. Apparently, well, they actually just legitimately loved each other, which I find weird with such an interesting background. I think that makes a little bit of sense since, you know, the peasant class or the lower classes have always had uh, a better chance for actual love matches not always but most of the time they would uh compared to the higher classes who needed to they needed to be a bit more uh political with their with their marriages yeah because like like i think like the concept like of marriage marrying for love is like a still somewhat recent concept it is it is fairly recent uh but the lower classes always had a better chance because, well, they're not, they don't have money. Yeah. So anyway, Alessandro uh, had been a militant socialist and anarchist from the young age of 19. So, Based, really. I have no problem with anarchists. Well, I do because they're not Marxists, yeah. but I find them yeah. okay. Although from what I read, he was also a nationalist. 
Oh, unbased. Yeah. How how can you be an anarchist and be a nationalist? I don't know, because he he was like apparently like made a big deal about how Italy should be for Italy. That is, it, it's fucking weird because it, anarchism is the destruction of government. Once you get rid of that, the the concept of a government of the state, uh, what what the fuck is left for yeah from what i understand like lots of people are just like this guy's views are inconsistent <laughs> okay that 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 would make sense yeah uh uh alessandro named his son after three prominent left-wing revolutionaries the first being benito juarez the 26th president of mexico who oh, okay. brought about liberal reform in mexico by overthrowing the dictatorship of santa Ana and champion indigenous rights I've been learning a bit about Mexico's history recently. I feel. When was this? Uh, when um, would he? Well, Juarez. That's a, uh, that's a good question. I'll take a look at that real quick. Um, I know he was the first uh, indigenous president of Mexico. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, he was one of the ones who helped to overthrow fucking Maximilian. I think it was. Um, uh, it was. Uh, he served as president from 1858 to 1872. Okay, I, I was wondering if he had any relation, well, not relation, but if he was one of the ones who helped overthrow. Uh, there was a Habsburg emperor of Mexico for a little while, because Louis Napoleon is a guy who just had that happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the second person you, uh, Mussolini, or Benito Mussolini was named after was Amilcare Cipriani, or Cipriani, yeah, Cipriani, or Cipriani? I'm not. I don't know how to pronounce some Italian names. Um, if it's based on Latin, how how is it spelled? C i p r i a n i. It might be Cipriani. Yeah, see, it, it's one of those. Um, <laughs> an Italian socialist who was a member of the First International and fought fought on the side of the Paris Commune. Based as fuck. Yeah. And finally, we have Andrea Costa, a founding member of Partito dei Lavatori Italiani or the Italian Workers' Party, or the PLI, uh, which would turn into, which uh, become Partito Socialista Italiano, or the Italian Socialist Party, or PSI. Man, their son turned out for shit for how based his parents were. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Alessandro instilled socialist beliefs in young Benito by reading excerpts from Karl Marx's Das Kapital to the family. It's funny because Karl Marx basically did the exact same thing with his daughters. <laughs> uh, one thing he would do is he would find a way to turn what he was writing, which is a very fucking economic work. It It's not very... You would not expect anything from that to be able to be turned into a child's fairy tale. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, like, it, from what I read, uh, Alessandro read just a lot of socialist and communist uh, literature to his family, particularly young Mussolini. Uh, he also had siblings, which I actually didn't write a whole lot about. The, probably uh, the, the sources I used did not go into them very much. Uh, yeah. As a child, Mussolini would frequently get into fights with other children. His behavior resulted in him being sent to a Catholic boarding school, which he was expelled from after stabbing another student. What? <laughs> yeah, no, he... <laughs> yeah, no, he... St he um, also, he hated this school because... Um, it's Catholic. Uh, yeah, well, he, uh, he took after his father in uh, his dislike of uh, religion. Yeah. He, he became a pretty militant atheist, and this, as this being a Catholic boarding school, uh, ma attendance at mass was mandatory and he frequently had to be dragged off to mass but yeah he he stabbed a student um it is a little bit sorry to interrupt but it is a little bit funny considering we both went to catholic school yeah and now we're both atheists so. well, I, i'm like still like on the fence i'm like weird about it i i guess i should clarify that i am as well except i don't identify with catholicism my i'm in between like nothing you know atheism and like fucking paganism i don't think there can be one god it's got to be multiple bitches running this show i'm just I, i'm just kind of like eh this is what i grew up with whatever i'm not gonna yeah. force it on anyone i'm not gonna say it's necessarily r rational yeah it's whatever i don't care you just don't hurt anyone i don't care what you believe <laughs> let's all we are all on our fucking rock hurling through space let's get along for a while yeah the only god i believe in is dionysus baby <laughs> he's a pretty cool god uh, Mussolini himself acknowledged his bad behavior later in his life. Quote, I was not a good boy. <laughs> End quote. 
just <laughs> I was not a good boy. Okay. At least you admit it. It took me a second to process, but that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> his experience with fights and the revolutionary ideals instilled in him led him to develop the belief that violence was necessary to achieve one's goals. <sighs> so, so we have a good idea of where this is going already. Yeah. Okay. So there, I feel like, you know, in, in communism, in our literature, uh, we do accept that, you know, revolution might involve it. It doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. Like, in fact, uh, the October Revolution, yeah. nonviolent comparatively. Mm -hmm. They did have guns, but... Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there's a difference between that and what Mussolini probably believed, which was more along the lines of, like... It, it's not just, like, a necessity. It's preferred in yeah. a sense. Yeah, kind of. Um, he was then sent to another boarding school he, where he was a lot happier. Mass attendance was not mandatory there. Woo! Let's go. Um, and so and his academic performance is a little bit debated. He said he was like an exemplary student, but the uh, headmaster said he was pretty mediocre. Most records say that he was like, he did fine. He was an okay student. He was, he was maybe above average, but it's just like he didn't do like super poorly. However, he still ca caused problems at this school. He got into fights, and he also stabbed another student. <laughs> what? Why is he so... Stabby. Yeah. Why? How do you... Why would you just stab another... Why would you stab two students? One, I can understand, of course. I, I, I'm assuming there was something that led to these. The, again, at different schools... Yeah, uh, unfortunately, they forgot to uh, include in the biography that uh, his father also placed a knife in his hands yeah. while he was reading. Yeah, uh, but he he almost got kicked out of the school multiple times. He almost got he almost got kicked out for that. Um, but I don't know why they like they they told him to leave, and then they were just like whatever. At one point, he got sent home for like ten days. He got he got like suspended. What the suspended fuck? from a boarding school. Um, he, he, like, but he like got he almost got kicked out several times. Um, accounts from other students indicated that Mussolini was feared by others. <laughs> feared by others. Hmm. Yeah, that tracks. Given so far, we do know he stabbed two people. Yeah, in his late teens and early adulthood, he had many sexual relationships. Most were with older women, some of which were married, which. One thing you see about, like, with the far right and just, like, wackos in general throughout history is a lot of times there's just, like, weird sexual stuff. Yeah. Uh, sounds like there might have... I don't know. I don't want to psycho psychoanalyze why people might like older people, but... It is a bit weird, that one. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, like I, I'm into some weird stuff, I'd imagine. Most people are. But, like... Like, the difference between me and, like, the far right is that I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I'm pretty vanilla, mostly. I took a, a fucking, one of those tests, like, hey, answer these questions and we'll tell you how fucking, what fetishes you like, and I got vanilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have my fetishes, but it's just like, I, but I, like, deal with it in a healthy way. I don't, I don't like, suppress it. I mean, it's completely fair. I'm just, like, a fucking boring person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He would also frequent bro brothels and over time would refer to many women as his fiancés. Sometimes he would use this word to describe multiple women at the same time. Multiple women at the same time. Yeah, like mo mo like there like here's my fiancé and there over there is my other fiancé. Oh hey, and look out, there's my other fiancé. Yeah. But hey, don't look behind you. There's another one over there. Mussolini was very abusive to many of the women he dated. He described an incident with one of his what lovers. What fucking shock. He described an incident with one of his lovers as such. Quote, I caught her on the stairs, throwing her into a corner behind a door, and made her mine. When she got up weeping and, hum and humiliated, she insulted me by saying I had robbed her of her honor, and it is not impossible she spoke the truth. But I ask you, what kind of honor can she have meant? End quote. 
Oh, so he he raped her. Yes. <laughs> and then when she said you were like when she uh like was offended at the fact that he had stolen like that he had violated her. He's like, oh, how can I have violated you? What did I violate? <laughs> yeah. What did I violate? You know, it's only fucking. It's only. Uh, I don't even want to go too far into that. Yeah, it's no, gross. It, yeah, no, it can get uncomfortable. But this yeah. is fascism. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody could have done some real good if they just stabbed him like he did those yeah. other kids. Yeah. So, so that one described a particularly fucked up event. Here's another quote that described a particularly fucked up mindset. Uh, oh, good. Regarding a different one of his uh, his. One, a different woman he, woman he was in a relationship with. Quote, I accustomed, I accustomed her to my exclusive and tyrannical love. She obeyed me blindly and let me dispose of her just as I wished. End quote. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> dispose of her however I wished? Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, and, and this part, like... So, so as I was doing research, some there are some details where uh, the sources I was using like were unclear as to certain stuff, like sometimes order of events. And this one is like I don't know if this was the same woman he was referring to with this quote and what I'm about, just about to say, or if it was a different woman. But um, uh, if it, I think it was the same uh, woman, but this affair at uh, one point, uh, this was a particularly violent affair, and. During one altercation with this woman, uh, he ended up stabbing her in the arm. Why is he such a fucking stabber? Like, <laughs> okay, there's abuse. I can understand that, you know. Uh, fucking some guys are just pieces of shit. But why is he so fixated on stabbing people? <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is one of those through lines that I that I noticed while doing research, and I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, like, I think the closest I've gotten to stabbing somebody was when I stabbed myself with fucking a, a pencil. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've not had, like, any real desire to stab a person growing up, or even now. And it's just like, and I'm, and I'm 27 now, so... Yeah. It's a very, like, shooting somebody, generally bad, I think we can agree there. Uh, but there's something so personal about stabbing, I can't imagine doing it. <laughs> like, would I? I mean, if I fucking had to, if I was going to die otherwise. But why would you keep doing that? He, I can't imagine anything else, but, like, this helps play into his fascism. Because... You know, it's a very violent, personal form of violence. Well, obviously violence yeah. is violent, but you, you know what I mean, where it's it's such a direct method of doing violence that you have to imagine he's desensitized to it. Yeah. Uh, throughout his pre-adult life, he never made any male friends. He would argue that his lack of male friends was an admirable trait later in his life. No. <laughs> so so he's well adjusted. Yeah, well adjusted young man. Uh it does say something about him as a a younger man that he did have so many female friends, which is weird. Friends. Yeah, but air quotes there. Women who he had sexual relationships. It, it with. sounds like he only had sexual relationships. It yeah. doesn't sound like he ever actually bonded with somebody. Yeah. In 1902, Mussolini became a substitute teacher at an elementary school in Gual Gualtieri. Again, going to have trouble pronouncing some of these names. A job which he did not enjoy. During this time, he joined a socialist organization and wrote for left-wing publications. However, some noticed that his beliefs seemed to fluctuate and that it seemed that he just wanted a revolution, but not of any particular kind. So tracks i think yeah like like definitely clear parallels with his father who had had uh contradictory beliefs at times yeah he also began to take an interest in public speaking once improvising an hour and a half long speech in memory of giuseppe garibaldi an italian general who was instrumental in the unification of italy i do know who that is yeah uh, i recall that 
I think he was the one who actually like conquered Rome and turned the Vatican. I believe so in my research. I didn't go a whole lot into like the uh, the history like leading up to this point. Some of the sources I looked into did go into that, but I wanted to focus more on Mussolini because like right, like yeah, at course. that point, that's just like okay. Now we're getting into like like a PhD research paper or some shit and yeah now like, now you're going in too far buddy yeah no this is a podcast recorded by two guys in a fucking basement yeah and i'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh uh i didn't write this down but from what i saw like uh mussolini like as like once he came to power kind of made a big deal about how he was born not too long after garibaldi died he kind of tried to paint himself as like a successor to garibaldi Oh, like, sort of, almost like he's trying to paint himself as the reincarnation. I, d I don't know if it, was, if it was exactly, like, a reincarnation sort of thing. No, but, uh, like, in that same vein. Yeah, it's kind of a similar idea. It's just, like, I'm the, he was my precursor. I'm, I'm the next in line. Right. I'm following in his footsteps. There is something a little bit funny. Uh, you know Hassan Piker, the Twitch streamer? Yeah. Uh, he was born on the same day that Soviet minister... Lazar uh, Kaganovich. Uh, <laughs> Wild name. We're Americans. Yes. <laughs> if that wasn't obvious. Uh, the same day he died. So uh, there's a joke that somebody made that he was um, like his reincarnation and they used points like, hey, K Kaganovich was uh, the minister of railroads. <laughs> Fucking... Hassan once put a hand on a train. <laughs> uh, it was also at, that th at this time that his bad behavior, behavior became even worse. He took up drinking, gambling, and profuse swearing. Which, I mean, I don't, I don't see what's bad about that last one. Yeah, no, that sounds like me. Yeah. Uh, this behavior, mixed with his poor attitude towards his job, led, him to, uh, led, it, led to him becoming disliked by both his students and their parents. I would dislike him after he stabbed three people. Probably. <laughs> three students. Yes. Like <laughs> Two. I, I'm guessing guys. He probably got into a bit of a scuffle with, you know, yeah. we all get into scuffles with our friends and stab them. <laughs> In June of 1902, Mussolini's teaching job ended when his contract was not renewed at the end of the school year. Really? And he seemed so intelligent. <laughs> yeah. And he moved to Switzerland. His reasons for going aren't entirely clear. He told many people that he was going to Switzerland to find work and make money. Um, however, like, um, he, like, he told, like, his mother that he already had, like, a job set up for him. And that just wasn't true. He, like, he just, he got there just and just didn't mine. have a job. Um, <laughs> at first, this seems like it could be the case, as he was borrowing money from multiple people, including his mother. However, Mussolini, oh, no, I, I covered this. Yeah, he, d he uh, did not have a job secured. Um... And, it, and when he did manage to find work, he would rarely stay at any job, any one job for very long. Like, he just, like, kind of hopped between jobs. Either he would just not go back to that job or he would get fired. Sounds like a guy. <laughs> yeah. He despised hard work and would often resort to begging on the streets. Um, Preferable. And, I, yeah, and one thing I saw is just, like, he kind of also saw himself as, like, above other homeless people <laughs> to some extent because like he would refuse to like go to homeless shelters a lot of the time and he would just sleep on the streets it's just like i don't want to stay there with the riffraff it's like no you're you are riffraff <laughs> it's weird because i feel like there's so many fascists who probably have such a similar tale where they hate the homeless but at one point they probably weren't that far off yeah it, it's I feel like that's a weird psychological thing that probably might lead to that uh, that sort of mindset where you are in the same position as those people, but you are somehow, in some way, better, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> his actual motivations for fleeing Italy likely had more to do with his wanting to avoid his debts, 
the consequences <laughs> of his own actions, and and Italy's mandatory military service. <laughs> Which is funny, given uh, his position on World War One. but I guess we'll... We'll get into that next episode. Yeah, no, that was another thing I saw, but I didn't write down because I wanted to, like, he, he, like, when he became to power, he was just, like, really big into it. It's like, no, you need to serve the country. Like, I will execute deserters. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a consistent man who lives by his principles, I'm sure. Yeah. Mussolini would eventually find work as a writer for socialist publications, which is a job he actually kind of enjoyed. I mean, I would enjoy that job. In his writings, he argued for the complete overthrow of the government. Same. He hated the idea that some socialists had that change could and should be achieved by voting. Which, I mean, (laughs) I guess that's like the talking point in America right now, where it's just like like between different sects of the left, where it's like some are just like, hey, we should vote. And other people are just like, no, like voting is like we're voting for one shit group and an even shittier group. Yeah, I, I do find myself in between on that because it's like, I find myself in between because it's like, the Democrats are a shit party, yes. you know? The, objectively, they are horrible. If it were any other country, they would not get votes. But because we are the shittiest country on the face of the planet... <laughs> Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm not going to vote, or I'm going to vote third party, and then the Republicans win because you didn't, like, because, like, the third party obviously doesn't have enough support, and then you didn't vote for the Democrats, and it's just like, yeah, no, the Democrats suck, I get that, but a violent revolution's not going to happen right now. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. My my plan here, I'll, I'll lay out my plan for everybody. This is uh, definitely going to happen. This is 100% correct. This is the correct line. (laughs) I'm not joking, obviously. I'm completely serious. First, we vote in Social Democrats. (laughs) Second, we build an anti-war movement. Third, the Social Democracy crumbles because it relies on imperialism. Fourth, profit. (laughs) <laughs> that that seems to be the cycle it's just like whatever like a strong left-wing movement actually gets together it just kind of falls apart usually because of uh, manipulation or just straight up just crushing by rich people yeah like we're in such a fucked up place in the united states where you can't actually be left-wing because well you're gonna get fucking killed or probably arrested that's a bit more likely. Uh, or you're just going to get blacklisted from any fucking job you could ever own. Not own. You get what I mean. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he believed that the only way that change that would benefit the working class could happen was through violence and, that private pr- and the complete abolishment of private property. Which, I mean... Same. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, uh, it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, like... If it weren't Mussolini, could be based. Yeah. These writings frequently got Mussolini in trouble with the law, which I, I think Unsurprising. It, I, I think it had to do with both like the socialist talking points and also just he didn't like like he, he said a lot of shit about the clergy and the Catholic Church, which yeah. I both of those could get you in trouble with the law during this time. Yeah. I mean one of those can get you in trouble today. Yeah. He would eventually be arrested in June of 1903 as an agitator and deported back to Italy in July. However, Same. however, he soon returned to Switzerland in January 1904, just in time to avoid being drafted, which I don't know how he did that. I think he was like going to be like tried and then also sent to do milita- mandatory military service, but he somehow got back to Switzerland. I couldn't find details on how he did it. It sounds like he pulled some fuckery. Yeah, but he somehow made it back to Switzerland. Also, one thing I didn't write down here, and I forget exactly what, ti- like how this fits into the timeline, but at some point he kind of went to France and he kind of just did the same thing there as he did in Switzerland. I, I didn't find anything particularly notice- notable about his time in France, so I kind of omitted that. But yeah, he spent time in France too. I mean, if, if France rubbed off on him at all, he wouldn't have been a fascist. So yeah, we, we know we know he didn't like France. Yeah, he that's what we can figure. I know out. he wasn't there for very long. Um, and he also <laughs> he also advocated that others avoid military service and for soldiers to desert their posts. Which I mean, yeah, that's consistent. Based. Yeah, Mussolini would later claim that it was around this time that he met Vladimir Lenin at a socialist congress. Did he really? 
Uh, he claimed that he and Lennon hit it off and that Lennon had come to admire him. There is little ev- there is little evidence that such a meeting ever occurred, and Mussolini <laughs> himself would later say that he had no memory of this event. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I'm getting from this is he lied. No, he lied. He lied originally uh, when he was probably still a socialist of some sort, and then he later retracted it because he was like, shit, well, I have to hate socialists now. He did, however, meet Angelica Balabanov. Balabanov was a communist that introduced Mussolini to and helped him to understand a lot of prominent leftist thought. Wish it worked. Yeah, um, I, I kind of wanted to include more about her originally, but then I just, like, it wasn't super pertinent. But I, I remember at one point, like, she, like, there's, like, a lot of people were, like, kind of debating, like, at the time, like, this was contemporary yeah. to Mussolini, like, what Mussolini's actual, like, stance was, like, how he would be categorized. And Balabanov was kind of like, it's just like, he kind of, like, he's kind of just a product of how, like, the environment he grew up in. He doesn't, he's not, doesn't really fit comfortably into any one category. Right, so they were, like, debating, like, is he a communist, a generic socialist, or an anarchist? Who knows? Late that same year, 1904, we're still in that year, uh, a general amnesty was declared for all who avoided military service, and Mussolini returned to Italy, where he would assist (laughs) his mother with her teaching job. Yeah, He doesn't deserve that. Yeah, however, even though he was off the hook for running away from military service service was still compulsory (laughs) you're not gonna go to jail for avoiding military service but you still gotta be in the military for a while yeah and i and i saw some conflicting like numbers on how long the compulsory service was i saw 16 months another i saw 21 months i'm not entirely sure um that's a good question because i don't know but i feel like during this time period uh 16 months might have been more likely but I don't know myself. Yeah. Um, he joined a regiment in January 1905, but was soon allowed to return home to care for his dying mother, who passed away in February. Yeah. Oh, God. I forget what it was she got. I, uh, consumption. No, it wasn't consumption. It definitely <laughs> Jesus, what was it? I don't know. No, I, I was joking because almost every time somebody yeah. dies, and like, <laughs> no, he's not Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> unfortunately. Although I think Edgar Allan Poe came up at one point. Really? Yeah, like just like as like an like a passing point. That is weird. Yeah, I think it just had to do with like him like be, kind of being inspired by or like having like similar writing style to Edgar Allan Poe or just like talking about similar topics. It was it wasn't a very important point. I didn't write about it. That's interesting, really. He then returned to the military to continue his service, which he completed in September 1906. After completing his service, he moved to Forley to join his father and he began a relationship with Rachel Guidi. Guidi. Yeah, who he apparently treated better than other women he dated. Impressive. Yeah, a for couple, him. couple of the sources I uh, I was going through mentioned that he didn't he didn't abuse her as as hard if at all. Interesting. Yeah. Mussolini then returned to teaching, becoming a teacher in a school at Oneglia on the Riviera, but Ma- con- but continued his bad habits of drinking, gambling, and swearing. <laughs> it makes sense he would become a teacher. He's a fascist. Yeah. Joking, obviously. Yeah. Just. <laughs> To clarify, <laughs> much like his previous stint as a teacher, his behavior earned him the ire of his students, who referred to him as the tyrant. Did he stab any of them? Not as far as I could see, but uh, just just the fact that they called him the tyrant is just like you have no idea how right you are. <laughs> True. Once again, Mussolini's teaching contract was not renewed, and in March <laughs> 1908, he moved to Forley to rejoin his father and continue his relationship with Guidi. A few months later, in July, he began drawing attention from authorities, not only for his socialist messages in his speeches, but also for the anti-Catholic messages in them. This attention landed him in legal hot water when he became involved in supporting uh, striking agricultural workers and Prodapio. At one point, he threatened the manager of a local factory where the workers were striking, leading to his arrest. Hmm. I am curious... Uh, did his father live long enough to see him become a fascist? Uh, no. Um, yeah, as far as I'm aware. We'll get to that. Uh, did, okay. I, did I cover his death? 
Um, no, I don't think I covered his death. Um, it, so uh, he was found guilty and sent to prison, but was soon released on appeal. I think it was like literally later the same month he, get, he got out on appeal. Uh, in November, and th- this is uh, back in July, by the way. So he, he got out on appeal late July, and now it's November. The, <laughs> the courts took that long to decide uh, to like decide on his appeal. The court reduced his sentence to time served. Huh. He would later comment on his arrest and conviction, quote, I suddenly found myself famous. That is interesting to me. While he is still a socialist here, or, you know, I feel like I should include air quotes, but I guess he is technically, by definition, a socialist, but that changes. But it is an interesting parallel to uh, Hitler, where Hitler, uh, his big moment was during his trial after uh, the beer hall putsch. Yeah. Anyway, um, now I have in my notes is like, read from page 12 about Nietzsche, which uh, (laughs) I'm just going to read from the the source that I got most of my information from. There's also other stuff on the previous page that I kind of wanted to read about, but uh, that would kind of take too long. Although I will mention from uh, the previous page at one point, uh, any like from the text, any discussion as to who chiefly influenced him must take account of the fact that he was to some extent an intellectual poser and cultural exhibitionist. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, it's just like, uh, he's just, he's just full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also from, from page 11. In a later phase, he would sometimes, he sometimes wanted to stress the originality of his fascist beliefs and would then claim that he had no precursors, but at other times he wanted to impress an audience with the fact that fashion was, fascism was part of a long and respectable intellectual tradition, in which case he would drop every name that came to mind. It is incredible because that is a sort of common thing among... Sorry, my cat is playing with a poster right now. Yeah, he he is very interested in that. Yeah, he wants to tear it down because he's an anarchist. Yeah, no, and he's lost interest. Yep, there he goes. (laughs) But, uh... You okay there, Leo? (laughs) But, uh... What was I saying? God damn it, Leo. We were talking about, like, uh, I mentioned how Mussolini, like, he would flip-flop between, it's just like, my my fascism is original, and also, oh, yeah. it, I, I'm, I'm just the latest in a long line of fascists. This is actually, like, a common thing among fascists uh, during that time period, where they didn't want to admit they were fascists, because it was seen as an Italian thing, and fascism was supposed to be, like, a uh, a national thing. Like, this is our thing. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, it fucking was. Yeah, yeah. and just, just to bring up the violence point again, just again from this page, one of his few enduring beliefs was, was in violence as a political weapon. <laughs> it's like the only thing he was consistent on was that, hey, let's do violence. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but here's the part I actually wanted to read fr- straight from the text, um, which I probably should have said, quote, for those previous excerpts. But uh, I th- I'm hoping it was clear enough. But here's from the text. Quote, However, there was one writer apart from Marx, uh, they were, like, it was just mentioning he liked Marx, who especially impressed Mussolini. This was Nietzsche, who filled, who filled him with a spiritual eroticism and who he felt had done more to move the world in a new direction than any other philosopher. In Nietzsche, he found justification for his crusade against the Christian virtues of humility, resignation, charity, and goodness. And it was also in Nietzsche that he found some of his favorite phrases, including live dangerously and the will to power, end quote. That is very interesting because Nietzsche was famous. He, he, not famously, but he was an anti-socialist. Uh, he has a lot of quotes about how, like, socialism is bad and shit yeah uh so it is interesting to me that even as a socialist he sort of identified with nietzsche yeah anyway i should mention that the the uh source i'm reading that from is mussolini a biography by dennis mac smith but i just like like i understand he was an atheist and yeah you like there are criticisms to be made of 
like organized religion and just religion in For general. Sure. But I just like his like what he took from Nietzsche was just like him disliking like it's just like oh I have problems with Christianity. It's like yeah I, I get like you know the ch- like uh, child rape in the church and all that. It's just like no I I just like how they're how they care about other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like it just says he's like he was he was against the Christian virtues of humility, resignation, charity, and goodness. He's like, against like the good parts. The, the only good parts in the church. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like you could be against like, you could have criticism of the Catholic church. Cause like, Oh, they have a lot of money. They don't practice what they treat. The child sexual abuse stuff is like, no, nah, I just like them because they, they, they're charitable. <laughs> what a, I, that is so fucking it's, weird. It's dumb. But it's it's a weird sort of dumb. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of dumb where it does sort of uh, belie, to use a fancy word. That's a five dollar word right there. Yeah, yeah. I maybe like even a ten. Words. Maybe even a ten dollar word. I don't think it's quite there. <laughs> maybe seven point five dollar word. <laughs> seven and a half bucks. <laughs> uh, it, it sort of belies his um inherent fascism in a sense yeah it's it was just one of those things where it's just like why are you against like that that part it's like there's other stuff that you could be against and i'd be like hey that's that's reasonable but it's like no that's you should be for that stuff yeah like why you are a socialist at this point in February 1909, after helping his father run a bar for a few months, because remember, he did get out of prison, um, Mussolini moved to Trentino, which is part of Austria at the time, the city of Trent. Like, I saw a couple yeah. different uh, different terms there. I saw it referred to as Trent. I saw it referred to as Trentino. Sometimes places can have different names in different languages. Yeah, I apparently have family from there. Interesting. I, I took, like, a DNA test, and I have family from that region. Yeah. He became a secretary for the Socialist Chamber of Labor, which is a uh, like a, uh, a like a union thing, like, okay. a, like an organization of yeah. unions. His duties included editing the weekly paper put out by the organization La Avenire del Lavatore, which when I uh, put that through Google Translate, um, I I came out as the future of the washer, but I realized Lavatore is worker, not washer. <laughs> but, uh, I, I realized that earlier reading some of my notes, like, oh, that, like, oh, there's like the workers, like the Italian workers party. I, I used the, like the term Lavatore. Yeah. 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 Eventually, he became the assistant to Cesare Battisti, helping him with editing his publication Il Popolo, which means the people. Of Uh, course. It was here that Mussolini would begin to contribute his own writings to the publication. One uh, particularly uh, serials, like there's a serial part of the publication. So like it came out weekly and he would like have like uh, one thing that came out every week and that. One notable example of his writings was a serialized novel Claudia Particella Lamante del Cardinale, Grande Romanzo di Tempi del Cardinale Emanuel Madruso. Not a very catchy title. Um, it, basically, Claudia Part- Particella, The Love of the Cardinal, Grand Romance of the Times of the Cardinal Emanuel Madruso, uh, which became uh, has a shorter title of The Cardinal's Mistress. It was a satirical novel uh, criti- uh, criticizing the uh, the Catholic Church, and of I course. it is not well regarded for the most <laughs> part. But uh, yeah, just a side thing, just a fact. I know. Yeah, like I mentioned, this was a serialized novel. This was a, actually a thing that was pretty popular at the time. Uh, hmm. Most of Charles Darwin's works were published this way. Not a Christmas Carol. Uh, that was like right, the only yeah. work that he put out that wasn't published Wait, this Charles, way Charles Darwin yeah uh, not Charles Darwin <laughs> <laughs> oh god what who who's Charles Dickens Charles Dickens what I'm stupid <laughs> god I I took a class on Charles Darwin or more specifically a Christmas Carol in college How you mean I... Charles Dickens <laughs> Char- Char- you did god. it again oh I'm got him we got him boys it. we're professionals here <laughs> um but uh yeah this is just like a popular thing it's just like you would uh I don't know if it necessarily came in, like... I think it came in, like, a magazine of some sort. It's kind of like, if you think of, like, manga today, like, you get, like, the Shonen Jump, and it has, like, multiple different chapters of multiple different manga. Right. And it's a magazine, and then you can, like, pick up the volume that's, like, a compilation of X amount of chapters later. Uh, But 
Yeah, God, your cat is freaking out over there. He's fucking around with a ping pong ball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is just a popular way to get books because books were expensive and like the average person couldn't afford to just go and buy a book. So for a fraction of that cost, you would like every month or every week or however often would get a chapter of the book. And it would have like ads and stuff in it, and uh, and uh, once the final chapter came out and you had the whole story, you could go bring that to a book find a book binder, and for a fee, uh, he would take out all like the ads and all the other superfluous stuff, and he'd put it all in order, and he'd put it in a nice binding, and you have a book, and it was uh, generally cheaper that way, or at least you didn't you paid in installments as you received them in installments. And that was more affordable, generally. I do remember a bit of that. I remember that people would, you know, publish their works in magazines. I did not know that you would take them out to, like, a book binder. Yeah, That's no, interesting. Yeah, you'd get them put into, like, one complete volume. Mussolini's writings, particularly his writings about the clergy, got him arrested multiple times for what was, for what was argued to be libel. Eventually, Austria would send him back to Italy, which even Mussolini's fellow socialists were not upset by. <laughs> yeah, which I, I can go back to the text uh, real quick and, and like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. When, a, when an expulsion order arrived, even the socialists of Trent were not sorry, though they helped to pay his numerous fines. Most of them did not share his Marxist, Marxist intentionalism, but rather adhered to the reformist socialism and patriotism of Battisti. Battisti. Yeah, Cesare Battisti. I mentioned him a bit ago. I don't know a whole lot about yeah. him. He just came up a couple times here. It, it does remind me of uh, Batista, who was the the dictator of Cuba. I wonder if there's a relation there, but probably not. I, I would imagine not, except for maybe like a distant one. Um. Yeah, uh, Mussolini would later, like, this is also from the source, quote, Later, he encouraged the myth that the Austrians expelled him because of his patriotic insistence that Trent's right, Trent rightly belonged to Italy. Yeah, sounds... Which also contradicts, like, stuff he said at the time, because yeah. he was also just, like, out, like after being arrested uh, multiple times, he was just like, I've, I've been arrested in a lot of countries, and I'll, let me tell you something, both the prisoners and the cops are a lot nicer here in Austria than in other places, and the Italians are, like, like his Italian reading audience was just like, what the fuck, we hate Austria, why are you talking about them so, like, so great? <laughs> so it's just like, so like, and even then he had nationalist tendencies, and he's shitting on this, like, he's just like, like he's talking up this place that his that his home country ostensibly dislikes. Yeah, fucking hates. So he's so he's betraying his own country's like uh, sentimentalities, and that he was also like, and then later he lied about like his attitude towards Trent. It sounds exactly right yeah. for him. Yeah, but anyway, fascists are liars. Yeah, no, Sorry. yeah, no. That's going to be a through line through like, like our research just in general on everything is that fascists lie about stuff. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's where my notes end. I got up to 1909. I figured that was a good place to stop. It does seem like it because that was the year that he sort of decided to become a fascist, right? I, I think it was later on that he kind of became a fascist, but I just thought, um, like the, the main text I'm uh, referencing, like I mentioned before, Mussolini, a biography by Dennis Mack Smith. Um, is kind of divided up into sections, and this was the end of a section. Uh, okay. The next section is t entitled The Agitator, which uh, covers 1910 to 1912. Okay. It, it does make sense. I, I can see the beginnings of his fascism here, yeah. right? Like, it, it is sort of a thing that during this time period that socialism and the... They weren't exactly fascists yet, but the... You know, the proto-fascists. They had a lot of overlap between the two of them. Uh, even anarchists, which you would, you know, as far as, you know, if you want to think of the fucking incredibly stupid political compass. Mm -hmm. uh, like the off-right, where fasc fascism lies, and the, like, libertarian left. They're, they should be opposites, but there was a lot of a uh, through line between them. Uh, horseshoe theory. Although I know you object to horseshoe theory, and you call it uh, fish hook theory. It is fish hook theory. It's been fish hook theory the whole time, baby. 
Yeah, no, that, that's that's one thing I noticed where it's just like, and I mentioned this a bit in our first episode, you see a lot of how I left the left, and it's usually just over, like, one minor thing. Yeah, and most of the time they weren't even really on the left to start with. They were, like, liberals. Yeah. Which is... Or ne even worse, neoliberal. <laughs> <laughs> but they they say they were on the left, and then they go fascist or whatever. Yeah. In the you know modern day. Yeah, like like the my go to example is Graham Lynham, the uh, the very transphobic uh, writer of like the IT crowd. Yeah. Um, like for the longest time, he was like like ostensibly on the left. He was like like cool with like gay people. He tra like he was like all sorts of, like, these big progressive things. And then, uh, like, trans people, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, trans people have been, uh, like, around for a long time, but they started to become a little bit more prominent. Um, and uh, Graham Lynham just threw a hissy fit. And now he's just, like, he, he, like, makes such a big deal about trans people. But a while back, he was just like, no, I'm not so sure about climate change anymore. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. There's an example I can think of. Uh, I don't. I guess she's a YouTuber, but the YouTuber Shoe on Head. Yeah, I know about her. It's Shoe on Head is so conflicting to me because there's so many things that she says where I'm like, "You're a piece of shit," and other stuff that she says where I'm like, "Why do I? Why am I agreeing with you here? I, you're you're stupid." It's because, despite the fact that I would say she pro, I don't know that I would say that she was a fascist at yeah. any point, but she is a reactionary. Yes, absolutely. She's a reactionary who agreed with Bernie on most things because uh, social you're not just free from reactionary thought because you're a social democrat. You're free from a, being a reactionary uh, once you establish a socialist state, of course. Yeah. Recently, she's had like a why I left the left turn. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, along with a, another streamer who she went on the stream of called Keffels, who actually, that that's probably a better example in this case, actually, uh, who, she's a, a trans woman. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with Keffels to some extent. Most of the stuff I see, like, when I, she pops up in my Twitter feed, it's just like, oh, I agree with this, but I don't haven't looked into her extensively. Yeah. She used to be a member of the Canadian Communist Party. Okay, oh, uh, used to be. Yes, used I to be. I don't like that phrase. Uh, she got kicked out for a lot of reasons, as I understand it. Uh, I believe there might have been some, uh, like, I don't even want to say, because I'm not even that sure on it. It's been a while since I've checked up on that, which is why I did not bring her up first. Uh, but from what I do know, Keffels used to be a member of the Canadian Communist Party. Yep. Uh, then she left... Uh, she used to be like a Stalinist sort of type. Oh boy! And then she left and became uh, more of a sock dem yeah. type, you know, social democrat. Uh, and then she sort of got sucked into the Vosh orbit. Yeah. And I I know I've complained about him to you personally, but to be clear on the podcast stance, uh, anti Vosh uh. official stance. I decided that on my own unilaterally. Yeah, again, Vosh is one of those people where it's just like, some of the stuff I see, I'm like, yeah, I agree with this, and the other stuff, I'm like, why are you so fucking stupid? <laughs> yeah, it, he, I do agree with some things he says. He actually had a very good take on, like, uh, sex and gender. Yeah. Uh, that I think is actually very good to learn from, because he viewed it correctly as a bimodal distribution. Yeah. Uh, but Keffel's to be more on topic uh after she left the canadian communist party uh made a uh video with uh shoe on head why we left the left which is never a good sign yep it, it, it even if the person is like a fucking marginally on the left you know like a sock dem or fucking whatever that always signifies that they are on the path to fascism and they view this as a profitable path, in my opinion. Yeah. 
And, and similarly, we got we got shitheads like Tim Pool, who's like, I voted for Bernie. And it's like, well, you voted for Bernie not because you believed in what he was saying, but because you wanted to rebel against something. Which, again, like to go back to Mussolini, like he's just like lots of people are just like, it, it doesn't, he just seems like he wants to fight against something, not necessarily yeah. because he's a socialist. He just wants to fight something. It's part of that weird conservative movement where they're like, we're against the establishment and they really aren't and then they vote for donald trump i, I yeah. like and just to like point out like how dumb they are about that point i remember like at one point people were like like conservatives were like posting pictures of like trump's apartment in new york and like you know it's like covered in gold and shit yeah. <laughs> and they were like this is nancy pelosi's apartment which i mean fuck nancy pelosi mm-hmm. but it's just like no that, like it's just like you really think she's for the people it's like well no i don't but also that's trump's apartment so, yeah like listen i like to hate people based on facts yeah <laughs> i hate a lot of people but i do it factual yeah and also like i know tim pool said he voted for bernie but i think it came out somewhat recently that he actually voted for like ron paul of course he fucking did. Yeah, it's just like, you're, you're not voting for this person because you believe in what they say, but for, to be some kind of, to like, because you perceive yourself as a rebel, and then you end up supporting the, like... The, the establishment. Cause, the cause that you're ostensibly against in the first place. Yeah, because, uh, like, Ron fucking Paul, he's not actually against the establishment. No, not at all. He's for it completely. He just says... Oh, yeah, less government. Do you think that's an anti-establishment stance? That's It's not. The, the government ostensibly is there to protect against that establishment. It's not because they get paid off by yeah, fucking of millionaires. Yeah, and it's, and it's, in its current state, the government serves the establishment, but getting rid of the government will also serve the establishment because there's nothing to stop the establishment. Yes! Like, you can't just get rid of the government. There's so much groundwork there yeah. that would need to be... That's, like, the core of communist theory. That's why socialism is the lower form of capitalism, right? Yeah. Or not capitalism, communism. communism. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I fucked oh, that I, up. I, I, think, I think your understanding of, like, uh, like economic ideology is a little bit fucked up <laughs> if you think socialism is lower than capitalism. So so here's the tier list. C- communism at S tier. Capitalism yeah. at C tier. Socialism F tier. <laughs> yeah. Socialism F tier. Communism based, but socialism bad. And ca- capitalism right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, if well, I, if that that would be tier, a fucked up <laughs> I would just be like, what, what are you? What do you think? What You're is, an interesting person. I would love to have a drink with somebody who thought that. Yeah. Like, socialism bad, communism good. <laughs> I think that it just about covers it for what we wanted to talk about this episode. Uh, on the note of Mussolini's book, I thought it would be interesting that we read that book. Yes. Yeah. We have been discussing it. Yeah. And, uh, like, obviously, we're going to talk more about Mussolini himself and history and just, like, what happened in Italy with fascism and stuff. But, um, like, obviously, uh, like, researching takes time, especially since we're both full-time workers. Yep. And, uh, like I said, we had two weeks to do... Took, well, I had two weeks to write about this part, and I only just finished this morning. So it might be a good idea to do something that takes less time to prepare for, like reading a book so I can have more time to prepare for research. Yeah. And uh, so we might read, like, a chapter or two of Mussolini's book, The Cardinal's Mistress. And if if there are people listening to this who do want to read along, it's on archive.org. Really? Yeah, it's just... Would you mind sharing the URL? <laughs> well, I mean, you any, anyone can just go on archive.org yeah, I, I and just know, look I'm it up. Around. But I'll, I'll probably send you the link personally. Yeah. I think there's, like, two versions of it on there. And I think one is more viewed, but, like, the introduction, the first page, is, like, didn't get scanned in correctly. So it's just, like, a little oh, bit yeah. fucked up. But there's another copy that you can just use for that instead. But anyway, the sources I used for this episode, I, I found them all on archive.org. I have other sources that I didn't really use, but will probably get more use later. The yeah. ones I used, I mentioned before, Mussolini, a biography by Dennis Mack Smith. Benito Mussolini, fascist Italian dictator by Brenda Haugen. And Benito Mussolini by Jeremy Roberts. Those are my three sources that I used uh, for the most part. And the, for the most part, I used the Dennis Mack Smith book and the other two were just more to cross-reference stuff to 
like make sure everything like was on the up and yeah, up that I had on the... yeah that I had multiple sources and that I wasn't just relying on one thing. Yeah. And and like I said there were some moments where I was just like I wasn't entirely sure of the order of events that things happened in cuz like like those sources I used some would list like one thing before another thing but I think I got it mostly in the correct order. Seems like it to me. Yeah. But anyway, uh I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So anyway, uh uh, if you want to find us, uh, we are on Twitter at at htlww underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, if you have any like comments or concerns or criticisms, like like I have said in the past, we don't know how to make a podcast. We don't know how to do audio production. So if you do, <laughs> please scream at us and tell us what we're doing wrong because we're definitely doing stuff wrong. Um, you can reach us at how the left was on pod at gmail.com send us some emails there or you can leave a review on any of the platforms we're on which we are on uh we're on uh itunes we're on google music we're on amazon music we're on uh stitcher we're on spotify and the other one that i remember like last time i couldn't remember the name of was radio public oh yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah. One. I, I I didn't until like I saw it on Red Circle on the places I could up to upload to. We're also on Slapbook. Famous. Yeah, uh, uh, that was a uh, yeah, in the uh, introductory episode we did, you at one point said Slapbook by mistake. I think you meant to say Snapchat and Facebook at the same time and you fucked up. I think I did, yeah. And I meant to make that joke in our first like proper episode at the end and I just completely forgot. <laughs> and I'm hoping this will kind of just be like a recurring joke. It's just like, oh, we're on Slapbook. <laughs> yeah, we're on Snapbook. Yeah, we're on Slapbook. <laughs> so anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. So... Yeah, do all the stuff I just said. We're not good at these. We're we're still getting used to this. Hopefully the audio is less fucked up in this one. Yeah, uh, I've been keeping an eye on our interface, and it's been uh, flashing less often when we're talking, so hopefully the audio will be a little bit cleaner. Again, scream at us and tell us what we're doing wrong so we can fix stuff. I love screaming. Yeah. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If anyone is indeed listening, <laughs> uh, you have a nice day. Goodbye. Bye.